Welcome everybody to the T206 podcast. I'm Steve Gugliacello. I'm back here with John Parado, the Times Pirates beat reporter. John, how are you today? I'm doing good. I was freshly shaved and showered, so so I'd look good for all the people out there listening to the podcast. <laughs> John, Garrett Cole lost again today. Today being Saturday. Today's not Saturday. Today's Sunday. But he didn't lose. Wilson gave it up. He takes another no decision. There's something about Garrett Cole I've noticed in my in my time working here at the Times. He doesn't shut teams down. I did some research before the podcast. Last season, he shut out teams twice. He shut out... I actually saved this, too. On September 6th and against the Cards and, and June 7th against the Braves. This year, he's done it twice already. Once against the Padres in April, once against the Cubs in May. But every other time he comes out, give up a run or two, and then leave, which for an ace is pretty good. Now, there's no doubt he's the ace of the staff. But like I was telling you before we came on the air, one thing that one argument I really like in football is the who's an elite quarterback. So John, my question to you is is Garrett Cole an elite pitcher? Not yet, but but I, I think he has the tools and the mentality to do it. I think maybe in, in this case, in, in the Pirates have got away from it a little bit since Neil Huntington took over in late 2007, but they have a tendency sometimes to want all their pitchers or all their players to be kind of a one-size-fit-all type player. You know, and they preach the ground balls and the pitching inside and, and everything. But I think Garrett Cole's a different animal than their other pitchers. I mean, he's the guy who can take the ball, throw 98, throw that hammer curve, and just dominate a game. And, and I think sometimes he gets caught up in trying to get ground balls. He gets caught up in, in using the inner half of the plate so much to, to try to make the to try to make the the Pirates happy, and, and I think, you know, they heart pitch efficiency, which which is good for the most part, but a guy like this, he's a big, strong horse of a guy at 6'4", 240. Yeah. I don't know if it's it hurts if he goes 110 pitches occasionally. And, and I do think sometimes he almost tries to pace himself a little bit too much. He almost is, I don't want to say timid, but, but he almost like he doesn't want to overpower guys. It's almost like he's holding just a little something in reserve. And, and I'd like to see him just go out there and then just be Garrett Cole, this guy who has all the tools to dominate a game and not worry about so much and just it, it, other things and just worry about getting guys out because he, can, he, he is very capable of dominating a game. As you know, we saw, I guess, because three weeks ago now in Chicago against the Cubs, uh, nobody's pitched better against them all season than he did that day at Wrigley Field. And, right. you know, and it's frustrating and you wonder why he doesn't do it so much. I think part of it is he's still relatively inexperienced. I mean, but the, on the other hand, I think sometimes he just, just feel it's almost like a mental thing with him. Like, well, I have to hold something back, and when he just goes out and, and has that mindset, I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna like overpower everybody today. He's great. And I think when when he would, he develops that mindset every start. He's gonna be really, really good, and he'll be an elite pitcher. But until then, it's kind of holding him back a little bit. Well, and it, it's funny you bring up the not holding anything back. I heard another pitcher described that way this week as he doesn't hold anything back. He just rips back. He wants to strike everybody out. 
Uh, that was Garrett Cole's opponent on Tuesday, Jose Fernandez, who absolutely shut down the Pirates. And, and you know, and that is a great example. And I mean, and here's a guy who's already had Tommy John. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's questions. There's still questions about his longevity over the long haul because he's not a very big guy, but he's very strong. If you, you see him, you see his legs and yeah. and things. Uh, and you're right. You know, it's funny. I talked to him when he was a rookie, and uh, he said that then. He had that mentality even uh, – you know, he was like a 19 or 20 year old kid, and he's just like, I'm up here, and you know, I'm letting it rip. He goes, I'm not scared. I'm, I'm not, uh, and I'm not saying Cole's scared, but, but Fernandez was basically, I'm giving it all I got, and you know, if they hit me, they hit me, and if they don't, they don't. And I, I don't think in the first inning he's worrying. Well, I better hold a little something back in case I'm still out there in the seventh. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's how aces do it. I, I think. Uh, you know, if you talk to a Clayton Kershaw, you talk to Jake Arrieta, they just go out and attack, 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 and uh, they figure, you know, that they're strong enough, they're con- in good enough physical condition that they'll still have it left in the seventh, eighth inning. And and they do. And Cole is in good physical condition. He's, he's not out of shape. But the one thing I do wonder, and I've brought this up before, is he had that ribcage problem very, very early yeah. on in spring training, right at the very beginning. And, and they held him back, and he didn't make his first throwing session, and, and he was a little late starting the season. Uh, I mean, he would start on the DL, but instead of pitching the opener, they pushed him back to the fourth game so he could make an extra start in extended spring training. And mm-hmm. I, I can't help but wonder if maybe, just maybe, that's bothering him a little bit. You know, I I don't know that for sure, and of course he'd never admit it. I mean, he's not the type to to make excuses, but it just seems that he hasn't been the same guy that we saw last year for mm-hmm. sure. And uh, you know, and and again, I I don't think it it it, it, it makes me wonder if, if maybe that may have something to do with it too. Well, and for somebody like Cole, Cole, he's a very demonstrative three quarters pitcher. He comes across his body when he throws. A, a slight a slight tweak to the rib cage or to the abdomen can really affect yeah. his release point, his, mm-hmm. how far he's stretching when he throws. And I'm wondering, too, if anybody talks to him about deception because he has this big wind-up where he comes across his body. And if you're left-handed, you see that pitch for days. Yeah, yeah they, they may. You know, that's, that's an interesting point, and that – is something they, you know, I, I've not heard the Pirates ever address it or, or mention it, but maybe something they should think about. Maybe uh, I should bring you along and have you talk to Ray Searage and, and you get Garrett fixed here. No, but <laughs> seriously, uh, no, that, that's an interesting point. And I'll be honest, I hadn't really thought of it much. And like I said, it's never really come up in any conversations with, with Hurdle or Ray Searage or even Cole over the years. But might be something to think about. Maybe they do need to tweak his mechanics a little bit. And, and maybe, uh, like you said, he does, and he does definitely seem to have more problems with lefties than righties. And I know there's always a natural bit of a platoon split for, for a right-hander against a lefty. Right. But, but he does. He, his struggles over the years have almost always been against left-handers have really hurt him. So, you know, that, that may be something to think about is, as he continues to evolve here. And, uh, you know, they may at some point uh, want to switch that up. And, you know, I, I know uh, – it, maybe it's an old wives' tale now, but it used to be anybody that threw across their body. Everybody always said, "Well, it's a you know, it's a prescription for an injury eventually." And uh, you know, so far, other than the rib cage, he's been fine. But uh, you know, maybe that, uh, like you said, with with his delivery like that, that, that could be affecting uh, could be affecting him. And, and maybe it is time to make a few tweaks uh, to take a little pressure off that rib cage area. Well, and somebody whose arm motion he really reminds me of. 
is a former teammate who had Tommy John surgery and later in his career learned to keep his hip closed longer to form deception, and that's A.J. Burnett. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny, but they never really developed a bond like I thought the Pirates thought they would. Garrett, it, I don't, I'm not saying they didn't like each other, but it seemed like A.J. Burnett and Jeff Locke became kind of his protege, yeah. and I think the Pirates were kind of, Hoping Cole would become his protege, but but Cole's kind of his, his own man, and uh, although him him and Ryan Vogel song became very good friends this year, so uh, you know it, it's interesting. I, I don't know how much Garrett and, and AJ talked about pitching over the years. They didn't seem exceptionally close, and it mm-hmm. seemed like that Locke was the guy who was getting more advice from Burnett over the years. But but you're right. That's a, that's that's a good comparison. Let's move on. Let's talk about. This upcoming stretch for the Pirates. They just got done with the Angels. They lost two out of three, thanks to a big home run by Albert Pujols today. Shocking at PNC Park. Albert Albert Pujols is on the other side of the country. He's still haunting the Pirates. I said that yesterday after the game. I said there is no way he leaves Pittsburgh without hitting a home run and probably (laughs) a a, a big home run as I left the ballpark on Saturday. And and sure enough, it happened on Sunday with a (laughs) game winner, no less. Not much out of Mike Trout though, who no bit of the star bit of the star attraction for the Angels. Oh, well, very quiet. He had a couple of hits on Friday, but he kind of blended in because they won nine to two. None of them, you know, didn't have a wasn't a, any real big hits for him. Just a couple. Of, he had a, two hits and two ribbies, but but no, no spectacular game. No big catches. Yeah, so, I was just gonna say yeah. can't can't prescribe up those uh, no. great catches he has. Now the Pirates are on a stretch. Neil Walker and the Mets are coming back to town. They're playing very well. Um, then they go to Colorado after a night game and then come back and face the Cardinals. Then they have the Giants and the Dodgers in town. This is a tough little stretch for the Pirates. Very much. Uh, you know, uh, this is, this is I hate to say make or break because it's June, but uh, it, it is. I mean, they have the Mets, and, and they're going to see uh, Mats and uh, DeGrom and Syndergaard, which are – Hello, those are pretty three tough guys to beat. And, yeah. You know, then the Cardinals, uh, though, the mystique of the Cardinals, the Pirates not being able to beat the Cardinals, I think is starting to evaporate a little bit now. The Cardinals just aren't that good this year. I mean, they're, yeah. they're good, but they're not Cardinal good, if, if you under, know what I mean. Like, yeah. that, we went in the three divisions. So, I, I don't – but but the hard part is, is definitely the game in Denver on Thursday. I mean, you know, nobody ever wants to, to give up an off day to begin with. And no, certainly nobody wants to fly two-thirds of the way across the country on your off day in the middle of a homestand. And I know uh, if this were a spring training game, the Pirates would be sending, like, mainly their <laughs> backups from Altoona to this game. If they, but, alas, this is a game that counts, so you, you can't just send – eight guys from minor league camp on the bus out to Denver. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this is, uh, this is going to be an interesting week. Uh, like, you know, like you said, they play two, two good teams and that trip in between. And, and that's a tough one. I mean, that, that's, that's a tough one to have to, to go there, you know, now, now on Wednesday nights, instead of having a day off Thursday, you're going to have to, you know, fly out late Wednesday night, get in early in the morning, Thursday, play a game, Come back Thursday night. Then Friday, it'll be uh, you know the same kind of deal. They either get in uh, you know early in the morning here in Pittsburgh and have a game Friday night. And you know I know 
you know, they, they keep saying, well, it's just part of the schedule. That's how you have to do it. But I, but I know this is a, yeah. this is something they're not looking forward to. And this is something to, that can really throw you off because ball players are creatures of habit. And, and all of a sudden, when you have a one-day series 2,000 miles away, that's going to make it tough. And like you said, on the next home stand, you got the two best teams in the National League West coming in. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's going to be a tough June for the Pirates. And, uh, you know, you you know they've they've been a good second half team these last three years when they made the playoffs, but you certainly they need to at least tread water here through this tough stretch, and uh, you know hope they uh, come out of the other side uh, of it uh, by the end of the month. Uh, you know still relatively in striking distance of the Cubs, and and if they are, you know then make a run at it. Uh, they play the Cubs for three right before the All Star break in Pittsburgh, and mm-hmm. you know and then you know try to be in good shape there by by the break to where. Uh, you know, at least have a, a fighting chance to, to maybe overtake them in the second half. Well, and, and this was one of my concerns because actually the second part of the question is, is you know, can they lose the division in these coming weeks? And I, yeah. you, you cl- covered it clearly, and I think they can too. There's no breaks pitching-wise either no. because they're probably going to see Kershaw. I haven't counted out the schedule yet. And – no matter where the Giants are in their rotation, you've got Samarja, you've got Bumgarner, you've got Cueto. Yeah. You're probably going to see at least one. You're definitely going to see at least one. You'll probably see two of them. And, you know, you also, uh, they go to Seattle at the end of the month, too, right. for another one of those two-game series. That And it's like basically, hello, like they play a night game and a day game and out, and that that's not an easy task, one of those two-game series where you're, you know, you're, you're, it's a quick turnaround with the day game after a night game. And, you know, and, and the Mariners are playing well. They're one of the better teams in the National, or American League West this year. And, yeah, yeah it's, it's a rough month. And, uh, you know, and like I said, the old cliche, you know, the Pirates are saying, well, you play the schedule, whatever's on the schedule that day, that's the game you play. And that's a bunch of bull because they look ahead. They, they you know, everybody yeah. knows that. Everyone looks ahead at, at their schedule in any job if, if they have an opportunity to try to get a little bit of an overview and, and plan ahead a little bit. And, you know, and uh, and I'm sure it's very daunting to them. They're not going to say it publicly, but but I uh, I mean, it has to be. I mean, there's there's no two ways around it. It's a tough, tough stretch. And heaven forbid there's an injury somewhere in there, then you're pulling guys up, you're just trying to plug in and yeah. like like we've said, there's no days off no. over the next and, and again they've been pretty fortunate with weeks. injuries this yeah. year and I mean they have been for the last few years now and I, I do know part of that is they've kind of been at the forefront of, of some innovative different training techniques and you know, a big thing they uh they uh, push is, is getting extra sleep and uh how important that is, uh to the body and recovering, but uh, I don't know how you're going to get a lot of sleep in that trip to Denver when, when you got to fly late at night, play a, a mid-afternoon game there, then fly back. I, you know, I mean, I know they have these this rest and this very, very, uh, this very mysterious rest and recovery room that they've built off the main clubhouse that's not open to the media at uh, the PNC Park. And one day I was tired and I, I tried to like uh, talk to trainers and let me uh, go back in there and take a little nap. And uh, you'd have thought that I entered uh, the uh, entered the front gate at Fort Knox and, and asked if I could take some of the gold away. And it was like, <laughs> whoa. And I was just kidding, of course. I didn't really, yeah. I wasn't really going to take a nap in the clubhouse, but uh, uh, I've, one thing I, I found with the Pirates over the years is, is they get better. They, they've kind of lost. As the winds have gone up, the sense of humor has gone down in the organization, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, John, time for our big question of the week. Big question of the week is brought to you by uh, 
Nothing. I'm not even drinking coffee tonight. Uh, you know, my brother-in-law owns a pharmacy in Sunbury, Pennsylvania, in the central part of the state. He's mm-hmm. coming to visit this coming week, him and his wife. coming. My, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law. Maybe he could sponsor us. I mean, you know, I know he's technically not blood relative, so I can't <laughs> say blood is thicker than water, but kind of blood is thicker than water. So... And we'll, it's my last gasp. I mean, uh, you know, we'll other, take money from anybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're at a point. You know, this is fam- This is family now. At least family through marriage. So, so maybe, yeah. maybe he'll sponsor us. Hey, mm-hmm. can't hurt to ask. <laughs> <laughs> John, I'm going to keep it real simple this week. I've been I've been on his bandwagon for about two years now. Has Jeff Locke finally turned the corner? Uh, I hope a reserve judgment. There have been other times in his career I thought the kid's really getting it. He's starting to go somewhere. And even yesterday I posed that question to him after the game, after he uh, beat the Angels for his fourth straight win. And uh, he didn't want to go there. I mean, And he wasn't rude about it, but you could just – I don't know if he didn't want to jinx himself or if he's thinking, yeah. eh, I'm still not pitching all that great. And he even admitted, he goes, you know, I pitched a shutout and only struck one guy out, so I don't know how dominating it was. He goes, they hit a lot of people balls at guys. So I, I don't know if he's convinced he's turned the corner yet. I, I think, you know, I asked him if his confidence was pretty high, and he, you know, he just just – gave an answer about how his teammates were playing good defense so i yeah. it didn't make me sound like, it didn't make me feel that he was a guy walking out on that mound thinking i'm just gonna like dominate today but uh, you know we'll see i mean it's been a good uh, it's been a good stretch he, he's cut down on the walks which which has been a problem for him in the past he's uh pitched at a, a better pace which uh I think it's important. I know some people think it isn't, but I, I think that the, the, the defense, and I think it just, just keeps the whole game moving better. I think right. that always makes it better f- for the team when the game is moving better, and he's certainly been a little better with that as far as you know getting the ball and throwing it instead of standing there and holding it. And uh, It looks like you need uh, if that yawn to, to go to the oh, rest goodness. of recovery room. But I anyway, <laughs> so uh, he uh, – he, uh, to make a long answer short uh, – we shall see, but I do, I do like, do think he's taken some steps in the right direction here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean the complete game shutout was very impressive. It was a three hitter, like you said, he's won four in a row. I just, you know, maybe half jokingly, we, Bill Allman today wrote that he's the new ace of the staff, and I don't want to go there yet. But well, he's he's been the best pitcher well, over the last month. Well. Let's think about it for a second. <laughs> Garrett Cole's been okay. Juan Nicasio's been not too good. Francisco Liriano's been horrible. And uh, I can't even think of – oh, and John Neese has been okay. So John Neese is piling up wins. He though. is, though, and he's pitching better. But, you know, maybe Billy's, maybe Billy's on to something <laughs> here. But, uh, no, I, no I'm, not, I'm not quite ready to go that far. I, I still think Cole's the number one, even, even though he's you know, not been – dominant lately but uh you know if Locke could pitch like a number three yeah that would be a big boost and even if he could pitch like a number four it would really help so uh you know uh, I, I think the Pirates would take that now if, now if he pitched better than that like a number two I mean certainly they would be thrilled but uh yeah I, I don't know if he's ready for ace hood uh, now or ever, I don't just don't think he has that kind of stuff. But but it certainly, uh, it will be a, a uh, very good uh, 
be a big boost to the Pirates if, if he has indeed kind of taken a step up in his career to where he can be a consistent guy that you can count on most of the time when he takes the mound. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think his charging attitude is just go out and pile up quality starts. And, you know, really that's all you, all you can really ask for from a guy at the bottom of your rotation when you're not willing to spend $10 million for a guy at the bottom of your rotation, like the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I had a long talk with Jeff in spring training, and, and I, re- I really like him. He's a great kid. Well, he's not a kid, I guess, anymore. He's 28. But, uh, you know, we talked about that. And he, he said, he honestly, he didn't know if they would tender him a contract after last year. And he ended up, you know, they did. And he, he avoided arbitration. He's making $3.2 million, And, you know, he, he's a very bright guy. Uh, he, he has a lot of baseball savvy. And, uh, you know, he, he really, he's one of those guys, very, one of a few few players who actually follows the entire game. I mean, mm. you'd be surprised how many players really outside of their own little sphere of their own world really don't know what's going on around the league or anything. But he, he knows and he really understands. And he told me, he said, you know, I'm making some money here now. And, and if I want to stay here, I'm going to have to pitch better. He said, if I have another year like last year, they're not going to pay me again to come back because he goes you know i'd go probably even even with just a, a an okay year like last year a somewhat subpar year he goes you figure out probably it would go up to at least five million in arbitration he goes and they're just they're not going to pay me five million to be a, a an average or, or a little bit below average starter so i i do think that he he understood that it was kind of now or never for him here in pittsburgh and either he had to step up and have a pretty good year or it'd be the end of it for him here. So I, I think that's certainly provided a little bit of motivation to this season. All right, great. Um, that'll do it this week for the T206 podcast. If you have any questions for us, you can tweet at me. I'm at BCT Steve. You can tweet at John. He's at Jay Parado. Follow him during the games and after the games for updates and all, all of his myriads of stories. So uh, I guess that'll do it, John. That'll do it. And if you don't want to Twitter uh, me, uh, you could. Uh, you know, I'll go back to 1977. You could send a postcard to, to me, to me with, a, uh, with, a, with your question on it. You could just do what I do. Just stand in the lower bowl and just yell up, John, yeah. at the press That'll box. work. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of ways that I can be reached. Just, just not electronically. You can yell at me. You can, you can accost me in the, in the, in this bank. You can, <laughs> and, and you can, you can write me a letter. I mean, there's plenty of things you can do to reach me. All right, great. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>